okay so just so everyone um, you know knows prakash uh, he is also fondly called as computer prakash and that's one of the questions the first questions probably we are going to be asking him and then um, you know we will there are two sides to prakash one is like you know on the corporate world uh, he is actually a co-founder and ceo of sea uh, change consulting uh, he is also a turnaround and a strategic expert and then he is also an avid meditator uh, a reader and an author of several books as well on the other hand like he has a life in uh, heartfulness and in uh, heartfulness he has 28 plus years of uh, being uh, a meditator in the heartfulness way and he currently serves the president of uh, you know sri ramchandra mission as a secretary he is also a zonal coordinator for uh, cmz that is the chennai metro zone one of the largest metro zones in the world and he has written 1000 plus blogs and uh, he also comes very frequently on youtube uh, he touches uh, several uh, aspects uh, in, on several topics so like uh, you know we are very happy that uh, we are able to be with prakash today and then uh, the theme of the session today is like do i need a guide to meditate so that's the theme we have uh, so prakash how do you feel so far so far no, good no, i feel good i was just wondering whether to say good night go to sleep because it's indian <laughs> time here I can't go to sleep because after my session, Daji is going to come live. Or should I say, good morning, come over there and do a you know, sort of a jogging session with you. On two counts, it can't happen. One, physically, I am at a very, very long distance away. And second, social distancing won't permit. And hence, I'll just say hi from here to start off. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. So, Prakash, we are looking for a fun session. Like, you know, and we are here to learn from your uh, experience. So we will probably start from there. First question is Prakash. Uh, how did you get the name Computer Prakash? See, <laughs> we all work in computer field, but you know we don't get called with the prefix of computer. But how did you get the name Computer Prakash? Way back in '92, when I joined the mission, and uh, Chariji Magaraj was the third global guide of uh, Sri Ramchandra Mission. I got to know him closely within about a year's time of me joining the mission, and. Uh, Initially, he was calling me my different surnames. I mean, he always likes to know people who are very close to him, who serve him in close quarters by certain names, so that it becomes easy for him to identify uh, as to how they should call. And one day, suddenly, he decided to start calling me as Computer Prakash. Three, four times, I asked him as to why he gave that name, to the extent where towards the, uh, the last leg of his life, uh, he dropped my actual name. He used to call me just as Computer. <laughs> In fact, the surname CP that you see in many of my posts, my social handles and all that was actually given by him. A few times I asked him as to why did you name and uh, he always used to smile off and not answer the question. But one of the days through somebody else who asked him that question, I got an answer. Uh, I don't know exactly if I'm quoting or I might be paraphrasing. They just said that when they asked this question, he gave them a look and said that, you know, he is almost like a computer both in thinking and doing work. I didn't hear it firsthand from him, but I was happy enough to write it in my diary and leave it at that. <laughs> so the name struck, whatever it is worth. <laughs> um, okay, so the important question for you, Prakash. You see, when I started artfulness, right, I was not really looking for artfulness. I tried different, different things, and then there was a story how I got into artfulness, but you know, that's not the subject of the discussion today. How did you get into artfulness? Because like you have been meditating for 28 plus years, right? 
so like uh, now at least with the social media everyone gets to know you know heartfulness everyone knows but 28 years back how did you find heartfulness it was a strange uh, coincidence whether you believe it or not the first time i actually got an exposure to heartfulness was in 86 87 i used to be i continue to be a salesman in uh, blood and spirit in one of the deals that i was closing i happened to meet a gentleman who was the finalizing authority for a very big order and on his table just behind his table i found the photograph of charity maharaj i asked him who is it he just said he is my guru and the conversation ended there uh, neither did he expand nor did i ask him anything further uh, later i found out that he is also a preceptor of the mission he still continues to be there and after one or two years i joined a martial arts uh, class uh, session which i practiced for about 4 or 5 years i almost came close to getting a black belt but i stopped somewhere uh, short so what happened is during the time uh, i used to find that my uh, sensei as we call the teacher who taught the martial arts called shorinji kempo in japanese it's called the way of the open hand he used to go down quite often from the dojo the place where we used to learn the martial arts and he used to be locked with some people and then come back and whenever he used to ask him what did you do you just said i went to meditate it so happened that he was also a preceptor subsequently left the mission but he never even once mentioned what meditation was the only thing is that the end of the practice of every day in the dojo we used to recite the mission prayer uh, oh master which i was exposed way back in 88 without even knowing what it stood for what it meant i we used to at the end you will tell us this is the prayer you have to recite we used to do and uh, subsequently after 4 years 92 is when i got exposed through a colleague of mine who was my junior and both of us being bachelors had nothing to do to kill time no social media no internet no email nothing other than telephone so every day evening we used to sit and talk he was already meditating in heartfulness for close to a year uh, he used to share a lot about uh, what his experiences were and uh, coming from a very religious background i didn't take it very easily as to why do i need a person in between to reach god and uh, he gave me principles of sajmar volume 1 2 and 3 over a period of about 4 months uh, these were the talks given by charji maharaj when he had uh, traveled with babuji overseas in uh, 70s and 80s uh, which had a collection of all introduction material to sajmar and after going through it for about 4 months or 5 months my doubts were cleared i felt that this is a system i need to take in too and then he put me on to preceptor and that's how it started so one interesting thing is prakash it's very interesting the way how you say it which is like uh, you know without even you having to get into heartfulness like you just had the mission prayer as part of your martial arts class and then like later on somewhere down the line you got introduced to sajma it's very interesting next time when you meet me stay at least 5 feet away okay yes <laughs> i will do that one okay so one question for you is in these 28 plus years prakash heartfulness yeah. and prakash how have you evolved as a person what has how has heartfulness helped you evolve i mean uh, this question is best answered by those who have seen me because if i say anything uh, i may not be exactly i mean if you are growing in height i don't think you know how fast you have grown your mother or your your sister or your brother will be able to tell you i mean the right uh, people who can judge and give you some feedback or the people with whom i have interacted a lot you have also seen me for a year or more till now 
Yes. But I know what I was before I joined the mission. Uh, being in sales and uh, coming from a, apparently an intellectual Brahminical background. Uh, arrogance was oozing 20 feet. Uh, even before you see me, you can feel my arrogance and pride in the act. And, uh, that is one thing which went off. It took about two, three years uh, to a great extent. I can't say it's completely gone yet. I got grounded a lot uh, thanks to meeting. I have met almost more than 100 to 200,000 people in uh, interacting with them because they all used to come to meet Charaji in Manapakam. And it gave me a lot of perspectives about uh, how minuscule we are in this world and how small we are. And that helped me to really understand that uh, we are part of a very, very large uh, universe. And if we just continue to make the changes, if we go and look up my FB status, it will just say that going from self to self, the self will be a small self to big self. And the transition, I think, has been happening well to the extent that uh, I have mellowed down a lot and there have been tremendous amount of uh, balancing that has uh, come in. Your ability to look at things in a very balanced, unemotional, unattached way. And of course, the internal spiritual progress is something only the master knows. But I do know to a great extent uh, what I have been bestowed with in terms of the spiritual progress and gifts. And I am hoping to map that in terms of my character formation as well. There is a gap. For example, he has put me, I'm just giving an example, don't take me literally, assuming he has put me in 10th or 11th point. Uh, I may still not be in 10th or 11th point in terms of my matching character, but maybe somewhere at 4th or 5th. But that I believe is still work in progress, but I'm reasonably doing okay on a scale of 10, maybe 6 on 10. <laughs> um, so, you know, like Prakash, we would like to continue on this one, but, uh, you know, we are also parallelly looking at... Uh, you know, the social media handles. And one question has come to you that uh, we asked this question to you. If this is from Shruti PSK, uh, will meditation overcome fear? They would like to hear from you. <laughs> you see, uh, I'm also, if you really look at my profile for the last 33 years, I've been into what we call as uh, leadership coaching and helping people to motivate and be inspired. I always say that one of the best ways to uh, overcome fear is to actually face it. You can keep on thinking of, uh, talking about uh, being afraid of darkness, but the only way in which is something that Charity taught me way back in 1994. He said, Prakash, if you have to face anything, if you're afraid, go and just face it. If you're afraid of darkness, go into darkness. What will happen at best? Or what will happen at worst? You're going to die? Or you're going to be bitten by something? Or you're going to be scared? That's okay. You can face it. But if you stay away from what actually you call as fear, fear is not an all-encompassing word. There are only a few things that we fear. I mean, I don't fear my mother, I don't fear my wife, I don't fear my daughter, I don't fear my guru because I love them. So only a few things that we fear. What is the best way to face fear? To handle fear is to face it. And what is meditation teaching you? Face yourself. The worst of all the nightmares that you have in the world actually comes from within of you, <clears throat> inside of you. What you fear as darkness, I may not really care. If I'm a bat or an owl, I would rather love darkness. So if I'm able to face it, I can overcome anything in this world, including fear of water, fear of darkness, fear of relationships, fear of being depraved of love. I have to face. And meditation is what actually has given me time and again to face, confront, and overcome. 
to a great extent that uh, what Shariji's words, uh, it still reverberates in my ears. He said, I am here to make lions. I don't want to make lambs or sheep. And I'm very sure that uh, he, if he's watching from above, and Daji can say with certainty that at least they have made a cup out of me, if not a full-grown man. <laughs> Fantastic. We have received one more question. Yeah. Uh, we will take it up uh, in a bit. Okay? No issue. So, the first thing that I wanted to check with you is, Prakash, uh, there is a theme today, which is like, do we need a guide for meditation? So, we will jump into it in a bit. What we would like to understand is, one interesting thing about you is, you have had the associations with uh, you know, Charlie who was the third global guide of artfulness, and you are now associated with um, you know Daji, who is the current the fourth uh, global guide of uh, artfulness. Uh, let's just you know dwell on the aspect of your association with Charlie. Uh, how did you get to be introduced to Charlie, and what stuck uh, you when you actually met him? Do you have any incidents that you would like to share with us? It's a very, very, very long story, but I'll see if I can present it uh, short. Actually, in 92, even before I joined the mission, I was heading a, a very large organization as the National Marketing Head, doing very good. And at the time, there was a very big organization in India, which was one of the largest uh, computer network distributors. They wanted to offer me a plum post, which was uh, unbelievable. Uh, five times the offer of what I was already making, five times, 5x. And that was the time I had just got my introductory sittings. And uh, when I got introduced to sittings, I hadn't met Charaji for almost six months uh, from the time I took my sitting. But my preceptor spoke so much about him that I got glued on. And uh, he indirectly told me that the fastest way to progress is to be where the guru is there. And I turned on this offer to stay back in Chennai, which is something that even today is logically not explainable. I stayed back and I felt I need to come closer to this uh, person who is my guru. I still didn't know him. And after that, I started uh, slowly making attempts to get to know him. And the job which I did uh, perfectly well for 20 years, somebody else was doing where they kept on stopping me from meeting him. Every time he used to go, they used to say, Charity is busy. You can't meet him. Uh, it's not possible. He's busy and blah, blah. And those days, I hardly 40 people in Ashton. You can imagine. And finally, one of the days I remember, it was uh, 21st of November, 93, which was a Sunday. I made a point that I will meet him today somehow. And went to the ashram in the morning. Uh, he came, of course, he comes on Friday evening, he used to stay till Sunday evening, along with Mami, Sulochana Mami. And uh, he gave the satsang in the morning. I made attempts up to 11 o'clock, and they didn't let me in. I really got, uh, I mean, I don't want to use the deep word, but... <laughs> I literally ran away home, dejected, highly dejected, and uh, what the hell, I mean, forget it. The ego took over again. Around 2.33, when I woke up after the afternoon nap on a Sunday, I just said, uh, let me make one more attempt. Being a salesman, I didn't want to give up. I went to Ashram at around 4. He used to come at around 5 o'clock for the uh, evening satsang. Those days, it was 4.30, in fact. I went at 3.45, took a seat just opposite his chair so that I went early so that I will get a chance to sit close to him. And uh, throughout the satsang, I was only making a thoughtful connection from the heart that if you don't meet me today, it's all over. Kind of stuff, you know, threatening him in some way. <laughs> crying, crying, threatening, whatever, whatever, whatever. And uh, at the end of the satsang, he gave me a look from the chair, but he got up and left. 
and literally ran after him. But uh, if you remember the old cottage, I don't know how many of you know the Manapakam old cottage. I ran behind him, and before I went there, a very small boy was put on duty. I still remember the chubby face, seven years old. He said, "Uncle, you can't go in. Master is busy." I really said, "I mean, uh, forget it, yar." To hell with it. And still, I thought, you know, anyway, I knew that uh, TMR three seven five six, that ambassador which uh, Chariji used to use, was waiting outside, with brother Vijay Rangan was about to drive in, and I knew it's only a question of time before Chariji popped out. I said, let me wait here. And as he came out, I ran close to him. I was about to introduce. He just literally shrugged me off and got into the car. It was one more uh, big, uh, you know, sort of a fistful uh, knock, saying that I don't care types. Mm. I knew he had, through the corner of his eye, he had looked at me, but somehow I still didn't crack. I was again thinking what to do, but I said uh, that it's not it lost. I went to the ashram in a scooter those days. Uh, I still remember it was a kinetic Honda TN07C0445. I took that and uh, because it's still etched very deep in my memory, my first meeting with him. I literally ran behind him, and before the car uh, left Manapakam Ashram, I had latched onto my two-wheeler, started following him like they would uh, follow a girlfriend, you know. <laughs> and one of the first signals where he stopped, where he had to, it was red. I went and stood. He used to sit on the left side uh, window and right side uh, Vijayarangan, uh, brother Vijayarangan was driving. I went and said, introduced myself. Said, Hello, Master. I am Prakash. He just said, uh, Prakash. And by the time it turned green, and he started driving again, and I thought, my God. And as the vehicle went on, there was a turn near Kotrupuram Bridge where he used to go to Gayatri. I am supposed to go straight home. I said, No, I will not leave it. I will go behind him. I followed the car and slowly went behind. And I have never been to Gayatri before, which was his house in uh, Alwarpet. As the car closed in into Gayatri, the salesman inside me took over. I parked the scooter, opened the dicky, picked up about three, four bags, and ran inside the house, <laughs> as if I'm offering some service. And when I went in, by the time he had got down and uh, went inside, put his you know the towel and all that the way he does, he came out and sat. And by the time I felt some of his face had become, uh, you know, he was smiling and all that. He just asked me, you know, welcome home. It was one of the first words he said. And this was about 5:45 or so, and that day night it was 10:45 when I came back home. Next five hours, it was almost like homecoming uh, of a soul. When I say that, even now I get the uh, goosebumps because uh, five hours he took care of me in a way in which uh, it's literally unbelievable. You just cannot. He took me on a home tour, introduced everyone, showed his books. Showed his record, showed his diaries. I didn't even know why he was doing all that. And everyone was coming home. He was mocked because by the time more than hundred people had come to Gayatri, he had literally been introducing everyone. And the best thing happened is uh, Krishna, his son, was out of town. And uh, two days later, he had uh, come home. And when I after that, I have never been away from him even for a day when he was in Chennai. After two days, when Krishna came home, uh, Master Chariji Maharaj interviewed, saying, "This is Prakash." Krishna just looked at me deeply, put his hand out, and he said, uh, "Welcome to the family." Oh wow! So that's how the journey started. Uh, Prakash, this was very, very nice. The way how beautiful your story was—it was very touching. 
uh, and one thing that um, you know very evident with the masters is you know the way how they treat you right the, the first meeting i'm sure everyone would have uh, you know they would have felt that uh, it's a very warm and a personal connect that they are somehow able to give it's something really amazing you know one thing prakash i have uh, you know heard the story uh, from uh, you know chari ji he used to say this as a langoti samarakshana you know like where there is a sage he would have gone to the forest because he wants to live a very minimalistic life and so he only goes with a loin cloth and then every time he washes and puts it for dry a rat will come and you know put holes on it to keep the rat away he will then you know hire a cat and then to feed the cat he will then look for the go to the nearby village to get milk for it and then he would feel every time why do i have to go and he will marry uh, you know the the person who he would like to have, take help from and finally have a family of uh, that entire thing right most of our life is like that like you know although we may wish to have a minimalistic life somehow like you know we start acquiring these bells and whistles and you know sometimes it just becomes complex from simple where we would really like to be life becomes complex i have uh, you know read in some of the books and then i have found how the masters lead a life of a minimalistic thing like sticking only to their needs how is it even possible have you noticed something like that with chari uh, ji and daji and is it something that you would like to share with us uh, if you really look at the eye of any strong it is absolutely still and uh, simple but the interactivities around it likewise i have seen in my experience with uh, chari ji and with uh, daji that they are absolutely still and simple Uh, people who make it complex are those who are around him. <laughs> yeah, I, I have seen that uh, every gesture, everything that they do, speaks of simplicity. The food that they ate, the words that they chose to use, the relationships that they maintained in spite of what they are. We all know what they are. I mean, we don't need to expand on it. Yet, absolutely grounded, absolutely simple. Uh, to the extent that when they walk on the street, uh, you may just miss them, and many people did. It was said that Babuji Maharaj uh, had very few abhyasis in Chajayanpur because he was such a simple man, in Chariji's own words, that uh, people mistook him for just a nomad, a person of fakir, as they say in uh, Hindi or in Urdu. The same is true for many of them. In fact, uh, Sulochana Mami used to make fun of Chariji that you are so simple that uh, people don't accept you. put up some show at least you have seen him always that even when he went for uh, very big seminars he used to go in dhoti and a shirt the same is true for daji except when he does certain seminars he dresses up a bit otherwise you find him in his apartment with just uh, one of those uh, loose bunions on top like a typical north indian and a very simple uh, bottom even in the words everything you will find extreme amount of uh, simplicity to such an extent that you can be fooled by it many times you think uh, you are the same as them only to find that that simplicity can only be attained by the purity that they reflect and uh, that is still a long process for each and every one of us so prakash just so you know there is a stream of questions coming in i saw the chat box yeah yeah it's uh, through chat as well as through social media also we are getting it through instagram and uh, twitter also Mm-hmm. um so before probably we will try to take to a couple you know a couple of questions towards again one interesting thing that i would like to explore is prakash i have heard this that uh, you know with uh, the masters 
you know because uh, they are you know more tuned into their heart the way how they uh, attend to their intuitions inside you know because we we learn to lead a life from our heart right which means we have to be tuned into the intuitions from inside i've heard that uh, you know it's uh, you will have to be very alert because there will be a lot of change in the plans uh, when you are with uh, you know the masters and i've heard this with charji i've read it in some books also uh, like do you have uh, any sort of uh, incidents that you would like to share to my very long association with uh, two of the global guides the amount of uh, i mean beating i have taken both in terms of not being able to be prepared to meet their expectation has been i can write maybe 10 volumes out of that but i'll share one very interesting anecdote from one of my early travels with uh, charji way back in uh, 94 95 uh, once we were to pack our bags and uh, go to a tour of uh, andhra then it was an undivided andhra we got to go from chennai to hyderabad and uh, from hyderabad we were supposed to drive through several centers go to bangalore and then come back the entire uh, Uh, tour was about planned for about two weeks, and the day before we were to leave, he called me and uh, he said, "Come with your bag. What you intend traveling to Gayatri?" So I went to Gayatri, and uh, he just gave me just two of his dresses. And he said, "Pack it in your bag. This is sufficient. One day I'll wear one. The next day I'll wash and then wear it." <laughs> and uh, I said, uh, you know, "Master, we would not. You know, you have to meet a lot of people." He said, "Just listen to what I say." I just packed the bag, and uh, the moment we landed in Hyderabad, people started giving some dresses and all that. So I had to buy another bag and put these dresses separately. And uh, after two days, we were to leave the next day morning for uh, by road from the Hyderabad ashram, which is then very close to the Hussain Sagar Lake, uh, which is the city ashram, Domalgura, I think. Uh, we were staying in the upper floor where uh, his room was there. i was his uh, travel mate so i was with him in the night in the morning he got ready and he said we we'll leave by around uh, 7 o'clock by road this was around 5:30 and uh, 5:30 became 5:45 and there was one more companion uh, who was supposed to get ready and come so that one of us will be that attend to charity's needs he got ready and then came and he said you quickly go get ready and come you have another uh, 45 minutes time and uh, i quickly ran with my dresses uh, whatever changed dress i ran into the bathroom to get ready came out after 7 minutes uh, a shocking thing the ashram was empty <laughs> he had packed and left <laughs> and uh, that was my first visit to hyderabad ashram uh, really speaking though i have been to hyderabad several times the entire ashram was empty i was literally in tears i didn't know really what to do and uh, somebody said he just got up and left uh, apparently the later i realized he had told the companion uh, that let's leave he didn't even mention about me being getting ready and all that so i just packed my bag called one abhyasi locally who was working in railways and said uh, brother this what has happened can you get me a ticket back to chennai this evening because i don't know where he is and very with a forlorn look and a somber face i was sitting on the road outside the ashram and suddenly one car came to the car of brother venkatesh of uh, bangalore who apparently was uh, is a caravan typically when charity travels there will be four or five cars with a designated number for each car each was supposed to follow each other by the given number 
normally there will be a lead car which is given as number one charity's car will be number two and there will be three four five and all his belongings everything else will be there he had apparently forgotten his bag in the ashram <laughs> and he came and normally all the companion cars are normally filled where charity writes the list of names with each car who will sit in which car where to that extent he used to write and give and it so happened that in this car he had only mapped three people including the driver which was brother vengatesh and when he came i was literally i mean I, he came and said what happened why are you sitting here didn't you go with charity i told him what happened and he said you know just get on to my car and after about an hour we caught up with charity i went and told him what happened he just gave me a very dry look and he said next time be better prepared <laughs> no, I know, Prakash. Uh, the because people love you so much. Uh, people oh also God, love. Don't say that. <laughs> they want both the worlds. <laughs> okay, so one important question now. So you, you are, are we intending to touch the topic for the day by any chance today, or is going to come up later? <laughs> no, no, that's where I'm actually getting to. So you spoke about how you got into heartfulness, and. Uh, you know you spoke about uh, you know chariji and also some about daji as well the question that i have is at through this entire journey have you ever reflected back even whether it was at the beginning or through this practice that ever do you need a guide at all to do this meditation because you see through the last week or so when we had that uh, you know event with uh, venerable bante sarnapala there were many questions uh, which we had got and there were a series of very interesting questions that we had got the the theme around a few people asking is look meditation is all about closing your eyes and then sitting either focus on your breath or focus on a particular point why do we need a guide at all was a question that was there have you in all these 28 plus years have you ever reflected on that and what has been your feeling yeah uh, i'll answer it maybe in a slightly different uh, out of box type uh, one of the famous uh, questions or rather the way chariji used to handle uh, bargo his grandson as a kid i used to see him he used to sit in his tata's lap grandfather in tamilich called as tata and he used to ask questions about everything and anything in the universe and all charity will do is look at him and he will just say because <laughs> just say because and bargo will ask him because you say because because <laughs> so i'll say you need a guide because <laughs> let me put it this way uh, two days back i was reading a very interesting uh, abridged version of a book uh, the author who is a lady speaks about the pitfall of people claiming to be self-made man uh, she elaborates in this book which i read an abridged version one or two days ago uh, i subscribe to a lot of abridged books on site and uh, read about 3 4 a day so it gives me a lot of perspectives and essence because my uh, journey in uh, self motivation leadership and is like that she was saying that from the time of conception from the time you hired a womb for the soul which is your mother the time you were helped out to be born the time you learned to walk eat crawl run read grow up become an adult walk through is there one single moment that you think you could do anything on your own 
the self-made man is one of the biggest myth in this world, which satisfies our ego that I have done. For example, I am sitting here and talking to you, mainly because my spouse is taking care of the house. In fact, she is doing the duty of ensuring that if power goes, how to reroute the Wi-Fi and ensure that the UPS stays on. If she is not doing the job and if power goes off in between, which happens quite often uh, in this part of the world, imagine what is likely to happen. I was uh, talking on the same topic about a year back for one of the TV channels, uh, famous TV channels in South India. So I asked this famous, uh, I rather asked this uh, question for people to introspect. So I asked them, how many of you know swimming? Or about 50 people or percent, 20 people raised their hands. I asked for the rest of the 30 people who are yet to learn swimming. For the next 30 days, I will uh, teach you how to swim by sending you email or WhatsApp videos. And at the end of 30 days, I'll put you in a swimming pool which is 20 feet deep. And I'm very sure all of you can swim. They all said, Prakash, are you stupid? How can I swim? I said, you watched your YouTube videos. You know how to swim. Why don't you jump in? The same is true for meditation. The same is true for anything that you do. Let's put it this way. Even if you are uh, good at uh, giving a haircut, you still need to go to another barber to take a haircut. I did attempt once or twice to give haircut to myself and landed in a miserable mess. The next 10 days till the hair grew back again, I couldn't step out of my house. I had to wear a cap. Even if you're a dentist, the examples can go on and on and on. You see, even when you're sitting with your eyes closed, uh, are you sure that you are on the right path? Do you know that you are on the right path? Do you know that uh, what your goal is? Do you know how to reach there? Even in this material world, let me ask you, all the famous businessmen of this world, for multi-billionaires in their last year financial plan for financial year 2021 or 1920, did they predict the pandemic and the impact of the business uh, which is going to go through because of the pandemic we are currently facing? We can't. We hardly can. For example, I am traveling, say, from uh, Chennai to Bangalore by road in the night. At the best, with my headlights on, I can see about 50 to 100 meters. What do I rely on? I rely on a GPS, a map. Even with my headlights on, I have to be very sure that I don't take a detour. A GPS is a global positioning system. Likewise, the GPS in meditation is nothing but a God positioning system. And the GPS works with better coordinates, which are better understood by the map service provider. In this case, the guru has already taken the path. Out of your own ego, you can take the path. But imagine after 20 years or 30 years, you come back and find out that you have just been going around in circles all along for 30 years without even commencing your yatra or moving. And then you lament, uh, why did I miss it? From an external perspective, Einstein's famous statement, when you are part of the problem, you can never solve it. You need a perspective outside of yourself. I can give advice, the best of business strategy to some of the best mid-cap and large companies in India, which I've been doing. But when it comes to improving my own company, I go to some other advisor. I don't rely on my advice because I am part of the problem. I can't look at it uh, unattached. At least a guru, take him as a bouncing ball. Leave alone a, you know, uh, whether he transmits to you, whether uh, pranahuti works or not. All that blah, blah, let's leave it. Let's experience and see whether it works. 
But one thing that I need is a person to whom I can go and ask at least once a year, once a month, once in a quarter, once in six months. Am I on the right track? Do I need course correction? Last week, there was a very interesting article. Indian railway system is one of the oldest railway system in the world. Third or fourth oldest. All the tracks, the tracking system, everything is perfect. But last week, one train took about four days to reach the destination because the driver missed the signals. So he went off in a different direction. What he needed was just a course correction to the path. Many times, that's what a guide does.